This is the emdocs.net podcast with Britt Long and Manny Singh. We bring you high-yield content about what you're seeing every day in the ED. Hey, everyone. Today, we have back with us Alexis Coda, core faculty at the Nazareth EM Residency Program in Philadelphia. Alexis is going to take us through some marine-ingested poisons and infections. So we're going to continue our talk on marine diseases by discussing a couple of areas that are pretty good boards fodder. We're going to be talking about marine ingested poisons. The first condition we're going to talk about is scombroid. Scombroid is a condition caused when somebody ingests improperly preserved fish from the family scombridae, including tuna, mackerel, skipjack, or bonito. But it has also been known to be caused by ingesting dark meat fish, such as herring, bluefish, anchovy, black marlin, and mahi-mahi. The main culprits that cause gombroid are mahi-mahi, tuna, and bluefish. When improperly preserved, histidine decarboxylase produces histamine and other histamine-like products. Presentation includes some facial flushing, GI symptoms, a severe throbbing headache, and some buzzwords to remember are metallic, bitter, or peppery taste. It can also cause dry mouth, paresthesias, and urticaria. Next, we're going to talk about ciguatera. Ciguatera is caused when a person eats a fish that has ingested the dinoflagellate Gambieridiscus toxicus or other fish that have ingested it. Species that are particularly common to cause ciguatera include amberjack, barracuda, snapper, sea bass, sturgeon, and parrotfish. Barracuda is the most common culprit for causing ciguatera. Unlike scombroid, it is caused by an odorless, tasteless toxin, which is mostly a neurotoxin that has cholinergic effects. It also affects sodium channels in a tetrodotoxin-like manner. Patients usually present two to six hours after ingestion, largely with GI and neurologic symptoms. The neurologic symptoms are the hallmark of this disease. Some buzzwords to remember are cold-hot temperature reversal, which tends to return after someone drinks alcohol. Patients can also have perioral paresthesias, burning feet, and loose, painful teeth. It is important to know the cold-hot temperature reversal occurs in 80% of patients and is pathognomonic. Treatment is largely supportive. Patients can have bradycardia and hypotension, for which you can give atropine or dopamine. Occasionally, patients can have puritis, and so you should consider antihistamines. Previously, mannitol has been considered, but it does cause hypotension and it should be used with caution. There are a couple of other ingestions that are somewhat important but not nearly as tested on the boards and include paralytic shellfish poisoning, neurotoxic shellfish poisoning, which is similar to ciguatera but is caused by mussels, scallops, clams, and oysters, as well as amnestic shellfish poisoning, which can cause amnesia, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, paresthesias, and some respiratory depression. For the most part, these conditions are largely treated by supportive management. The amnestic shellfish poisoning is no joke, and it can cause amnesia and memory problems for years. So just to repeat and review, consider scombroid if somebody has been eating mahi-mahi, tuna, or bluefish, and they develop severe throbbing headache, facial flushing, GI symptoms, and itching, with a metallic peppery taste to the fish. Make sure to give an antihistamine and consider giving IV fluids. You should think of ciguatera if somebody starts developing GI symptoms and neurosymptoms, particularly a cold-hot temperature reversal after eating barracuda. This condition does not have any taste changes, and so if they are complaining of taste changes, don't think of ciguatera. 
Finally, we're going to talk about bacterial infections. What we're going to start with are the typical skin infections. Skin infections related to marine exposure are usually polymicrobial and the bacteria can be halophilic. Oftentimes, these can be gram-negative infections, but they can also be caused by staph, strep, mycobacterium, and vibrio. Some general guidelines for prophylactic antibiotics are that generally healthy individuals who seek prompt wound care and have superficial wounds don't need an antibiotic, especially if they do not have a retained foreign body. You should consider giving prophylactic antibiotics if somebody has delayed wound care, if there is a large wound with early inflammation, or if there is a retained foreign body. Obviously, you're going to do your best to remove the foreign body, but if you really feel like you're going to do more damage than good by trying to remove the foreign body further, you should consider giving prophylactic antibiotics. For seawater exposures, you should consider a first-generation cephalosporin, plus or minus MRSA coverage, or you can consider a fluoroquinolone. If they are sick enough, you can consider a third-generation cephalosporin. For fresh water, consider using a first-generation cephalosporin, again, plus or minus MRSA coverage, a fluoroquinolone, trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole, or even a carbapenem. Also consider that if the wound is poorly healing, some of these bacteria may be first-generation cephalosporin or penicillin-resistant, although some of these wounds caused by marine invertebrates can just be poorly healing and can take a long time to resolve. Next, we're going to talk about our Vibrio infections. The first one I'm going to talk about is Vibrio parahemolyticus. This is the leading cause of seafood-associated bacterial enteritis worldwide, and it is usually caused by undercooked or raw shellfish or seafood. It can also occur as a wound infection when exposed to seawater. So there's two main GI presentations. The first one is a cholera-like presentation with watery diarrhea, cramping, and vomiting, and the second is more of a dysentery-like presentation with mucoid or bloody stools. Treatment is mostly supportive care, and antibiotics that you should consider are ciprofloxacin, 500 mg PO, BID, or trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole, PO, BID for three days. You can also consider giving doxycycline, 100 mg PO, BID, for three days, or using a third-generation cephalosporin if they are particularly ill. Similarly, Vibrio vulnificus can cause GI symptoms or skin infections. It is also caused by undercooked or raw fish or shellfish and can be caused by seawater exposure. With the skin infection, it is important to note that this can cause hemorrhagic bullae and can progress from erythematous patches to more of an echematic picture. And then it can even cause vesicles and even necrosis and sloughing. Gastroenteritis is common in an immunocompetent host, whereas wound infection can occur in normal or immunosuppressed patients. Vibrio vulnificus can be fatal in liver disease or in the immunocompromised. For patients with hemochromatosis, who are immunosuppressed, or who are alcoholic, it can present as sepsis. Treatment includes using fluoroquinolones or the combination of doxycycline plus a third-generation cephalosporin. Necrosis should be treated with surgical debridement. The last infection I want to talk about is Mycobacterium marinum, which causes fish tank or aquarium granulomas. It is a granulomatous skin infection that may be helpful to get infectious disease on board for if you suspect this as a cause, as it can be pretty resistant. But you can consider giving minocycline, clarithromycin, doxycycline, or trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole as monotherapy. Ciprofloxacin has also been helpful. So just to recap, you should give antihistamines and scombroid, 
Give supportive care in patients with cold, hot temperature reversal that you suspect have ciguatera. Consider giving antibiotic prophylaxis if the patient has a particularly extensive wound with early inflammation, retained foreign body, or delayed wound care. Finally, the Vibrio infections tend to either be a gastroenteritis-like picture or a wound. However, particular populations are susceptible to Vibrio vulnificus, including the immunosuppressed, patients with liver disease, and alcoholics. Patients with hemochromatosis, immunosuppression, or alcoholism can present as sepsis. That concludes my talk on all things marine diseases. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. 